Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 17. Acts chapter number 17, and we're going to start on verse number 16. Acts chapter number 17, starting with verse 16. Amen. All right, it says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of Ephrusians and of Sokians encountered him and some said what will this babbler say others some he seemeth to be a settler forth of strange gods because he preaches unto them Jesus and the resurrection amen I'm going to talk to you tonight standing firm in a pagan world. Standing firm in a pagan world. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you again for gathering into your house one more time today. God, we just pray that our ears would be attentive to what you would speak to the church tonight, Lord. We just ask that you would be with us during this time, Father. We ask that our ears and our hearts ever be open and that you help me, God, as I preach your word to your people again tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. I guess this correlates a little bit with what I spoke about um, this morning. A little bit, not really, I guess you could say. But there was a there's a study in recent years that had reported that nearly two out of three American adults contend that the choice of one religious faith over another is irrelevant because they believe all religions teach the same basic lessons about life. Nearly two out of three American adults this study that all religions are the same and they all talk about the life the same and all of that good stuff you know when I I did do I did in in school did uh, take a religion class and I did look at other religions and we did paraphrase and see you know what's the difference in Christianity and Islam and Hinduism and Buddhism and all of these different kind of religions. And 
from the someone from the outside in would agree with that statement and say, you know, they're all kind of basically the same. They all teach kind of the same. There's some little bit of uh, um, similarities to what they have to say and, and all that kind of stuff. But the reality, church, tonight is this. There is but one way. <laughs> there is one way. No other name given unto heaven whereby we must be saved but by the name of Jesus. You know, there's nothing wrong. I've read a lot of uh, sayings that Buddha has said and they were pretty good and I've heard a lot of things that Confucius has said. I find it funny that his name was Confucius because he was very Confucius <laughs> with his sayings. All kind of different. Muhammad said all kind of different things. And you look at Mahatma Gandhi and all of these spiritual gurus and all of these things. And if you look from the outside in, you could say, oh, there's nothing really harmful about any of these things. But the fact of the matter is, church, there is but one way. Yeah, they may speak the same, but in when it gets to the nitty-gritty, where they differ at is that there is one Savior, one God, one Son, one baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. One other difference is this with other religions is that you can go and look and see where they're buried. You can go and they can uh, do a shrine and say that here was Buddha, here was Gandhi where he sat, and here's this one and that one and the other, and all of these shrines and all of these grave marks and these things that people have put. But the one difference is, church, there's not a grave for my Savior. Oh, no, 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 there's not a tomb. There might be a, there is a possible tomb that they say might be his, but the problem is it's empty tonight. <laughs> there is nobody in that empty tomb. Oh, if you go look, you can dig up the bones of so many of these spiritual leaders. You can dig up and look at the mummified corpses that they display and say that was such a good man he was. But oh, my Jesus is not here tonight. Oh, my Jesus is gone. He rose up on that third day, spent time with his disciples, and then said, boys, I've got to go. I've got to go and ascend to the right hand of the Father. But he said, I won't leave you behind. I'm sending the Comforter. Praise God forevermore. So folks, we've got something that is a lot different than most everybody has as far as religion. But the sad fact of the reality, church, is that we live in an increasingly pluralistic society where people believe that Jesus Christ is only one option among many options and that we're called upon to accept all religions as equal. 
I'm here to tell you tonight that that is not so. <laughs> I'm here to tell you tonight that you won't ever hear me preach a sermon about inclusiveness. That all, it, all roads lead to Rome, so to speak. No, no, there's only one way. There's only one way. But, ha- but the problem is, church, that this world has gotten more corrupt. Satan has tricked and Satan has spread his lies among, among the people. And I hate to say even among God's people. That all it really matters is if we live a good life and do what is right. You know, that's part of the equation. <laughs> that's part of the fact that we have to do right. Yes, we have to do right and we have to do good. Oh, I try to raise my children right. I try to raise them the best that I can. And I try to teach them right from wrong. But folks, let me tell you, all that teaching is for naught. If they don't accept the fact that Jesus Christ died for their sins, that no matter how good they may try to be, it is but filthy rags that they need a Savior. They need somebody to wash their sins away. Folks, if they don't grasp that, their eternal destination will be a lot different than what ours is in this room tonight. That is the reality of the fact. That is the somber case of the reality. This morning I had talked, my message had deviated a little bit, and we talked about what is our identity and and who we are as a church and all of that kind of stuff. I'm kind of now, this message is fast-forwarding a little bit in the fact that we realize who we are in Christ. We understand what the mission of the church is. We understand how everything works and we're here. We're pumped up. We're ready. We're excited. We're ready to see God move and do things. But the problem is we live in a sin-sick world who hates the very image of Christ and a Christian. Amen? Oh, I remember watching a TV show and um, they were talking about um, they would never say the word Jesus and they would never say the word God and they would never say um, the word hallelujah. They were... um, I'll tell you what it is. It was a it was a show called Glee, and this show was about high school kids, and they would sing different songs. And one of them was they were singing gospel songs and all that. But the problem is they never really sang the gospel. <laughs> See the gospel. I like what um uh, what a singer said one time. The gospel is the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection. And the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the good news that we are to spread along this road that we called here on earth. But this people saying inspirational songs. Inspirational songs are good, but that's all they are. They'll make you feel good for a little bit, (laughs) but they don't really uh, resonate in you so much. So they sung inspirational songs and some of the things that they would say 
in the aspect where you would want to say hallelujah, they would say praise. And I thought, what a very odd thing to say. Very out of character. But folks, this is the reality that we live in. We live in a world that hates us. They hate us. That, that, folks, that is the truth. They hate what we're about. They hate, they call us bigots, they call us racist, they call us any kind of name under the, under the sun, they call us backwards, they call us old fuddy-duddy, they call us all kinds of words and everything because they hate that man. And folks, let me tell you something. This is no surprise to us. Jesus said, hey, they hated me. And basically, and y'all know what he said, but he basically said, if, if, if they hated me, they're, not, they're surely going to hate you. <laughs> it ain't going to be different for you because they hated me. They'll hate you. They'll hate that message. They'll hate this word. And folks, tonight, if we look, if we read on the newspaper, if we watch on the news, if we watch all kinds of things, you will see this pluralistic worldview that everybody just needs to come along and go together and just not, you know, don't hurt anybody's feelings. Let's all just love each other. Now, folks, you know, I'm not very contrary. Um, confrontational. I don't like confrontation. I stay away from that. That just bothers me really, really bad. That's a character flaw of mine, and I just don't like confrontation. Uh, but folks, there's got to be one point and another that you're going to have to confront somebody. <laughs> even though I hate it, even though I don't like it, I'm going to have to confront somebody. And I hate those little stickers on them cars that say, coexist. And they have all these different religious signs on them. For the longest time, I thought, COOlology? What is that? What is COOlology? I don't understand that. And Sister Marcy said, Adam, that says coexist. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> coexist, okay. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but that is the world that we view. That is the world that we live in. So yeah, folks, we might get to the point where we know what our mission is. We know what we're about. We're going out and we're going to save the lost and we're going to be that witness. And now, folks, we're here out in this witness field. And folks, it's a lot different. <laughs> it's a lot different now. When we read this particular verse of Scripture, we find Paul has now traveled and he goes to Athens. And there, as he's looking at Athens, he's seeing all of these different people worshiping all these different kinds of gods. He walked the streets and he saw false teachers, pagan temples, idols, and a city filled with doubters and unbelievers. Paul during this time, and we read it, when he spoke and he preached about Jesus Christ, it said that he met strong resistance as he shared. What did they say in verse 18? They said, first, what will this babbler say? What will this babbler say? Other some, 
He seemeth to be a sinner forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. So see, they already had a problem. Ain't that funny? <laughs> With a people that preach coexist, but oh, but coexist on my view. Don't you dare crawl against me or I'll, we're out for blood. But they preach that everybody's got to get along. Yeah, but if you disagree with them, they're about ready to kill you, throw you out, tar and feather you, hang you on a noose and everything else. <laughs> Just because you don't agree with them. But that's what Paul meant. And folks, the sad reality is that's what we're going to have to face. Folks, when we get out and like I preached this morning, when we find our identity and we go and we, and we preach and we go and do and preach that gospel of Jesus Christ, the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to get bucked. And we're going to get made fun of. We are going to be called fruit loops and fanatics and crazies and everything else. I'm afraid that history is repeating itself as what happened so long is happening again in our society. What Paul faced back in Athens, in ancient Athens, thousands of years ago, is still we're facing today in 2019 in our world today. So folks, what can we <laughs> what can we learn from Acts 17? What is it that we can do and how can we stand firm in our world today? I mean, talk about the the wind blowing out of yourselves. I preach, man, son, this morning we've got to know who we are. God expects us to know who we are. We've got to go out and we've got to declare what the gospel is and preach and, and show the love of Jesus and do all those things. And, and we just think, oh, you know, we're just giving this good news and everybody's going to be happy about it. Oh, but folks, they ain't. <laughs> they ain't going to be happy. It's kind of like the... A sucker punch. Oh, we need that identity. We know who we are. But now we got to go out to a world that hates us and preaches this gospel. So how can we stand firm in our world today? When they're ready to just kill us and talk bad about us if we preach this man called Jesus. The first thing we've got to understand is that we will experience challenges to our faith. Paul experienced three challenges in Athens. He experienced the superstitious ideology. Verse 16, and then, and then verse 22 of that same chapter 17 said, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Superstitious. 
the people of Athens had roughly 30,000 different gods or idols that they worshipped. Any and everything to them was a god. If by some chance that they were to go and walk on the street and a cat were to walk past them and all of a sudden they look down and there is money or a coin, they would immediately attribute that to a god and they would worship that cat. They would find that cat and they would worship. That's how so inclusive these people were during this time. They were superstitious. We were talking about it the other day. My memo, Britt, she was a little superstitious. And every time I remember going to the restaurant, if she would um, do salt and she would spill salt, she would get that salt shaker and go, Phew! she would pass it on the side of her, uh, of her shoulders. She was superstitious. Oh, you don't. She was that type too that you don't do a, a cat. Don't let. Don't cross a black cat. Don't cross underneath the bridge. A, a, a ladder. Don't break a mirror. That's seven years bad luck. Don't put it. Don't do an umbrella inside a house. That's more bad luck. <laughs> we had these superstitious people and these superstitious ideology that whatever happened. They just attribute it to a God. Folks, I want to tell you, there's some superstitious people in this world today. They will run to somebody that they said that they've performed a miracle. I've seen it so many times and I'm not saying I, God is in the miracle working business. God is in that where He can restore, He can revive, He can heal, deliver, set free, bring back from the dead. I believe that. But so many people, when they see or they hear that sign, they will run and go to that person and go underneath that person and follow that person. And oh, they're just so enamored by them. And they follow Him and forget all the world so that they can follow this man until they... He, until the man that they look after, really, you see his flesh and he disappoints and then people leave and walk off. Superstition. An idol is anything we love more, fear more, serve more, or trust more than Almighty God. An idol is anything we love more. <laughs> now, I know we can look around here and we can say, now, Adam, there is nothing that I love more than the Lord. There's nothing that I love more than God. And I would have to agree with you and say, yes, I believe that. I know we love God. And I know we love His people and everything's good. But the problem is these others. Anything that we fear more. Anything that we, that we serve more or trust more. Fear and trust. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, when I go to the doctor, I fear the results. 
Oh, when I get that phone call from the doctor, I trust what that doctor says. I'm not saying that we can't depend on medical uh, technology and tests, and I thank God for that. I thank God for his ability that he's given man to be able to see and do all these things. But I'm afraid sometimes we put the last word into man's hands instead of God's. Oh me. Oh me. Sister Cap, I should have, we should have, I should have prayed and got this stomach stuff delivered a long time before having to wait six years, six, nine years, six years. To finally say enough's enough. I'm not having it no more. <laughs> but living with it. Because that's what the doctor said. We, I've got to take this medicine. I've got the, I've got the IBS. Oh Lord. Oh my stomach. Can't eat this. Can't eat. Oh my stomach. My stomach. You know again I don't want to say that there's problems and all that kind of stuff. But, and we do need to take to the doctor. And I do believe that, yes, I was sick. I mean, and yes, I had precancerous polyps in me. And yes, that, those are a fact. And there's nothing wrong with stating a fact. But the problem is, is when we fear it and when we trust it more than God. When we fear, oh, here I go again. It's going to be everywhere. And oh, I'm going to trust. I'm sure it's going to get. But no. We've got to stand by God's Word. See how that's become an idol to us? See how sometimes things can become idols that we're not even aware of because of fear and because of trust. Sometimes we doubt. But that was the superstition that these people in Paul's time dealt with. Oh, the bad news and the badness. If good happen, we worship. If bad, if, 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 if bad things happen, we stay away and, God, and the gods are mad at us and everything else. They made idols of everything because they were afraid that they would, met, they would make some god or deity mad and punishment would be on their doorstep. But folks, I'm glad to tell you that we serve a God in heaven. <laughs> and we don't have to go and make sure that we appease Jesus. And we don't have to make sure that we got to make the Holy Ghost good. And we don't have to make sure Michael and the archangels and the seraphim and, the, and all them guys and the apostles and, the, and all of those uh, saints happy. Because we don't want St. Peter to be angry at us because he might do something bad to us. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. We've got that direct line to the Father. Praise God. Bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever is first in our lives is what we worship. Matthew 22 and 37 says, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's Jesus talking. Jesus said, that's who you're supposed to love. You're not supposed to love these idols that we erect sometimes. We're not supposed to love these things that are contrary to the very image of God, so to speak. 
idolatry may be the greatest sin because it breaks the greatest commandment. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Then he went on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, with that, you fulfilled the law. You didn't erase it. You fulfilled it. So here is that, that Jesus is saying, you're going to fulfill it if you love God and your fellow man. And when we love something other than God, it has become an idol and we break the commandments. Amen? There are many in today's society also that have these idols. The God of materialism. In ancient Athens was called Mammon. Remember that? That's in the, that's in the Bible, Mammon. The God of materialism. The God of alcohol was called Baracus. The God of violence was called Mars. And the God of wisdom and knowledge was called Sophia. All these people, all these different avenues was a God to meet their need. But Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, people have fell in love with materialism. They fell in love with alcohol. They fell in love with violence. They fall in love with wisdom and knowledge and wanting to gain. And they build up to themselves idols. But all the while, Jesus is saying to us, seek the kingdom first. And you won't have to worry about all these things. You won't have to worry about materialism. God is, knows what you have need of. If He cares for that sparrow, won't He care for you? Oh, that wine, that alcohol, that high that you're looking for. Let me tell you something. There's a high that's more high than a drug or a drink will ever do. Serving God. Hallelujah. Oh, violence. You seek violence. Oh, I've got the God that can take that hatred and violent heart away from you. And wisdom and knowledge. Hallelujah. Take, if you are looking for wisdom and knowledge, he's there. He'll give it to you. He will give it to you if you ask. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These people in Athens not only were superstitious idolatry, but they were self-righteous. They knew, it said, therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. He basically went up to them and said, listen, why? He's going to his fellow Jews and say, listen. Why are you allowing this to happen? And he disputed with them. And they kept debunking him because of their self-righteousness. Oh my goodness, if that's not in this world today. 
so much self-righteousness that I know what's right and I know what's best and nobody else does and I'm right. Y'all need to follow me. Good Lord, how many Democrat presidential nominees are we going to have to have to listen to? (laughs) 20-something now. And it's probably still going to grow and grow and grow because somebody gets a wild hair that they're going to know what's best for this country. Self-righteousness. There were some in Athens who believed in the one true God, but they were self-satisfied and did not see their need for the Savior. Why, do, why, does he, why are you preaching about this man, Jesus, and the resurrection? We've got all these gods and just pick one. We don't need your God. Go on. Self-righteous. Self-righteous. Not only that, folks, they were sophisticated philosophically. 18 said, and the certain philosophers... And and I read you this. They said, what will this babbler say? And all of those kind of stuff. These are they who see themselves as intellectual giants. And Paul encountered two types of philosophies while in Athens. The philosophy of pleasure was the Ephesians were lovers of pleasure who believed that absolute truth could not be found through reason. Therefore, the wisest thing is pleasure based upon your own experience. That's those people that on that verse 18. Oh, they loved pleasure. The more pleasure, the better, the better it was. Oh my goodness, am I reading the newspaper? There's so many people that look for pleasure. They do any and everything for pleasure. You know, I had told you a while back about the nine-year-old boy whose parents um, agreed and dressed him up and said that he was a girl and paraded him in front of those homosexual men in a gay bar and danced and did all that kind of stuff. And I read in an article about two weeks ago where the mother is shocked because her son is getting emails and Facebook things from pedophilers. What? You mean, you mean I just can't believe I, I can just parade my son in front of a bunch of men and let him do all these dances and all that, and it stirs those kind of emotions. She was literally shocked. I wanted to say, lady, what have you been smoking? I mean, of course that's going to happen. (laughs) But see, folks, we live in those worlds where those people where all they seek is pleasure, and the more pleasure they want, don't tell me I can't do something. I can do it. Bless God, I told you that before a long time. There's people that dress up like dogs because they say, I want to be a dog. And when they get home from work, they get into this dog costume and act like a dog and some people grown men one of them was a fat old hairy man that said he when he gets home at work he's a baby and his wife has to change his diapers 
And he's not a man that is debilitated. I mean, a grown man. But when he gets home, he, that's who he's a baby. And he has a baby name. And he colors. And I thought, good Lord, have mercy. Pleasure. They seek pleasure. They seek pleasure. This other group that's mentioned in 18, the Stoics. They believe that everything is God and God is everything and that humanity is self-sufficient. <laughs> I'm laughing because this book was written a long time ago and it's saying things that we're dealing with right now. I'll even go further that this King James Bible... What, what, what was it? It was written in 16, 1873 was when the King James Bible was finished and done with. And in 1873, from there to 2019, that's in there. People think that they're God. They don't need a God. They are able to just get wisdom on their own selves. They can create their own destiny. They have their abilities to do everything. They don't need God. Folks, I know I'm running a little late, I believe, but that's the challenge that we face of our faith. That's the challenge. That people seek for pleasure and people think they don't need God because they think, they think that they're God. And why do I need a God when I'm God? Why do I need God that tells me I can't do stuff? Because I want to do and do and do and go and do and do and do and do. And oh, if it feels good, it must be good. You know, Cindy, I love cake icing. But if I eat too much cake icing, I get sick. <laughs> I love potato chips. But if I eat too many potato chips, my tongue gets blisters and my mouth cracks. But it tastes so good. Oh, there's things that are spicy that I love. But oh, if I eat those spicy foods, oh my goodness. It's not good. <laughs> See, just because it feels good doesn't mean it's right for us. Folks, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. But folks, let me cheer you up before we dismiss here. What can we expect? We'll experience challenge to our faith and we can express confidence in our faith. Paul preached Jesus and his resurrection to the people of Athens. We read that. And then he goes to Mars Hill, which Mars Hill was that big amphitheater where all the philosophers and all those people met and discussed things. He said, then Paul stood in the midst, verse 22, in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious, for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye arrogantly worship, him declare I unto you. 
These people, again reiterating, were so messed up that they just depicted an unknown God and said, just to cover bases, we're just going to make this marker to the unknown God in case we've missed them. We can worship this God. And Paul stands before him and Paul told the people of the one true God in the midst of a pagan society. Folks, he told them that God is the God of creative power. Verse 24 says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breadeth and all things. Paul said, why are you worshiping this God and that one and that one when my God is the one that created everything? And he said, God made everything and stands above and is distinct from creation. He is the creator and the creation will never, ever get to a place where they'll outdo the creator. But many people try. Many people try. God is a God of personal love. Verse 26 said, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath deepened the times before appointed and the bonds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after Him and find Him though He be not far from every one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. Oh, the love of Jesus. The love of God. He was saying that God is a God of infinite love who loves each and every one of us. And he now says God is the God of supernatural salvation. Verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Wherefore he hath given assurance unto all men that in that he hath raised him from the dead. He told them, folks, God has appointed Jesus to be that final judge, to judge us. And he appointed him where we have assurance now that if we trust in him, hallelujah, oh, he'll save us. He'll keep us. Paul was not ashamed to preach the resurrection of Jesus. And folks, in closing, when Paul began to say that, verse 32 says, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear them again of this matter. With, with Paul preaching and Paul preaching and teaching and trying to convince these people of their error. 
the last thing that we can expect is that we should expect converts to our faith. Now, some folks, for whatever reason, without God intervening, will not hear us. Said it here. They mocked them. They mocked them. And what's sad too, some said, oh, we'll hear you. We'll hear you. What did they say? We'll hear thee again on this matter. Oh, we've got to go home, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it some more. See, they mocked them. There was people that mocked them. And there was people that said, uh, we'll talk about it later. But Proverbs 27 and 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know. But folks, verse 34 is encouraging to us. Because it says, How about certain men clave unto him and believed? Among the which was Dionysus the Aerographat and a woman named Demarius and others with him. Folks, in this Christian walk, when we're going out and we're witnessing and we're being about the Master's business, there's going to be some that we're going to have to face ridicule about our faith. There's some that are going to mock us. There's some that said that we don't need this Jesus. There's some that said, oh, well, we'll just talk about it tomorrow. I'm not ready yet. I just don't. It's not the right time yet. And we can leave discouraged and we can leave, leave, uh, we can leave downtrodden. You know, I wish tonight that this house was full. And my heart goes out to say, God, send, send them. People need to be saved. But folks, we can only do what we can do. We can only do what Paul did and preach this gospel. And folks, preaching isn't just talking, but it's living it too. Living that gospel. Because there's some people that, like I've said before, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Oh, but does your life line up to that man called Jesus? And Paul, when he preached that gospel, that word of truth, some mocked, some ridiculed. Some said, Paul, we'll just talk about it later. I'm not ready yet. But oh, there were some that believed. There was some that said, you know what? Paul, what you said touched me. Said it, they cleaved to their chest. They cleaved to him. Oh, they got close to him and said, Paul, and others with them. We believe. We believe you're Jesus. We believe it. Folks, I'm telling you, we may be downtrodden with certain things. But one of the things that I have said before is that we need to pray not for strength, but for endurance to endure. Folks, we have got to endure. When it seems like hope is gone and it feels like, why are we doing what we're doing? Folks, there's a reason and a cause 
to go out. And unfortunately, people are not going to accept what we have to say. But that doesn't mean that we shut up. And it doesn't mean that we close the door. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to do it again. But we keep on doing. We keep on pressing. Because one day, one day, Paul kept coming to those people. Kept talking to them. Kept ministering to them. Kept doing it and doing it. Until one day, one day, one day, he got his harvest. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.